Hello and welcome to another episode of Startup Chats, the podcast where we have honest and frank conversations with founders of businesses. This week I caught up with Stefan, who set up The Potter's Corner, an online ceramics and pottery marketplace. It was really great to chat to Stefan. He's another lockdown entrepreneur who's found an interesting niche in a market which really feels on the up at the moment. He's refreshingly honest about the difficulties of slogging through and refinding motivation once the initial honeymoon period, as he calls it, has started to wane. So from this episode, you'll take away how important stories are for customers and your business, capitalising on and enjoying the first exciting steps of setting up a business, bootstrapping a business and the effect it has on your mindset and approach to the business, and how important consistency is to building your entrepreneurial muscle. I hope you enjoy. Hi, Stefan. How are you doing? Really well, thanks, Alex. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for coming on. So, can we just give? Can you give a quick sort of two-minute summary of uh, who you are, uh, what your business is called, and what it does? Absolutely. So, yeah, my name is Stefan Jones. Um, I started a business like many other people in lockdown <laughs> last year. Um, called The Potter's Corner. Uh, it's an online marketplace for uh, ceramicists and potters. Um, yeah, so I started it, I guess I started the whole thing about last year, but I'm gradually trying to grow it as, as much as I can, um, but launched just before Christmas, which was great. Okay, cool. I like the name, by the way. That's cool. <laughs> Thank you. Where does that, Thank where does you, that yeah. come from? Is that like a like a pottery phrase or...? I don't think it is. It's to be honest, it's one of those things that um so I kind of it's popped into my head and I thought it sounded good, exactly. It sounded like I don't know, a nice area in a studio somewhere where the potter is. Um then it kind of there's actually so my um just probably lingering somewhere in my subconscious was uh there's a horse called the pot um, Potter's Corner, a racehorse that won the Welsh Grand National. Um and I was actually at that race watching it so somewhere i think it must have gone in there in my subconscious a few years back so perhaps i've stolen it from there without realizing but uh, between me and you it was completely a moment of inspiration <laughs> yeah i like that though that's quite nice that yeah. that link yeah i like that. yeah it is i guess the only thing is i mean i'm sure we'll go into it. i'm sure you've spoken to a lot of other people in terms of uh seo and um, googling the name it's probably not the best at the moment like the most of what you get is this fantastic racehorse that's been winning all these races yeah, so oh, okay. I guess a, a barometer of the success of the website will be when that finally comes <laughs> above the uh, above the racehorse but no it's, uh, I'm happy with it it's quite a good name yeah that's a good milestone when you're beating the horse when you're winning that <laughs> winning a different exactly. race yeah um, exactly and so tell me how did you where did the like idea come from was it like, uh, were you thinking about that sort of space or did it just pop into your head? What, what, what's the genesis of the idea? Yeah, I really, I really wasn't. So I wouldn't necessarily class myself as the kind of um, traditional entrepreneurial type, always thinking of ideas. I've always liked the idea of running a business, but never really kind of had anything to grasp hold of. Um, it kind of came, I suppose, during lockdown. I was lucky enough to keep my job, which I was working to, um, working at previously but it was kind of based around the sporting industry so things were really really quiet and I you know probably wasn't feeling very fulfilled or enjoying it anyway um, and I kind of heightened things and it's kind of very much kind of be feeling frustrated in my role anyway and uh, in a classic kind of cliched story I was making a cup of tea 
uh, and I saw a um, sugar bowl, kind of ceramic sugar bowl. In, and I kind of thought, oh, was there one place that you'd go to if you wanted to buy a sugar bowl that you could kind of go and there's loads of options there? Um, similar to kind of a lot of, obviously, I know we're familiar with kind of a lot of other market online marketplaces there are. And I kind of had that idea. And, I, and um, so my girlfriend is, just kind of had an interest in um, the, the TV show, The Great Pottery Throwdown, and kind of doing some pottery herself. Um, so that's kind of where I got a bit more excited by the idea. And I, and I looked it up basically thinking there must be somewhere that has already had that idea. Um, and I kind of Google it, and it turns out there, there wasn't really, apart from kind of galleries and studios or kind of you know, John Lewis websites and Debenhams and other department stores and things like that. So... I was kind of basically surprised that there's nothing there and, and it kind of started there and, and went to it and obviously we can go into more detail about what it is now. It's not quite got to the sugar bowl level, but that's basically where the idea came from. And quite quickly, you know, I was kind of surprised myself. Things just started moving very quickly as soon as I got that idea. Um, it helped that I didn't, I had a lot more time on my hands like a lot of people did. But um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's not like I've, I've had loads of ideas, but for some reason that idea held and kind of things started moving in my head yeah it feels very um of the moment i don't know whether it, mm. it's just sort of probably the, the like limited circles that we operate in but i feel like for the first time in the last sort of year or so i'm hearing much more about pottery much more about i've never even seen those sorts of pottery programs but i keep hearing about other people doing pottery that, that sort of thing it's become a real hobby of people mm. recently or that's what it feels like to me so it feels like it's you, you sort of hit hit the right kind of moment yeah i think it's probably a perfect storm of, of things really um i think that was the so the first obviously lockdown made a huge impact and there's another company um called sculpt which i'm not sure if you've heard of so um actually started by a friend of my girlfriend's brother from school um called giles Harrison, but they've done incredibly well so they make um homemade i'm plugging someone else's business they make homemade um kind of pottery kits and that is done exactly what you said kind of tapped into a lot of people at home wanting to be kind of creative um and yeah i've definitely seen the same as you you know whether it's following my friends on instagram a lot of people seem to be doing pottery classes um and i think in part it's been helped by the 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 tv show the the great pottery throwdown so if you haven't seen it it's um it's kind of like a bake great British bake-off really for potters and, and pottery and it's just got such a lovely feel to it um and kind of the people are great and it's you know similar to the bake off i guess if you like that and that can i think that's got people's imagination because i think it's one of those um i suppose industry or craft or art where it's still kind of quite pure in the sense of it's you know you can't and this is what i kind of was trying to tap into is you can't unless you're kind of making things in factory really mass make these things you know or if you do you kind of lose an element to it it's a very um kind of visceral i suppose way or it's very much of the you know you're getting if you hear the you know people i kind of work with and some of the potters that they describe it very much kind of this of the earth kind of thing you're getting stone and clay from the stone and you're using your hands to do it and i think that element of it really is what um catches people's attention and why people love doing it so and obviously like i said lockdown a lot more time on their hands people have been getting into it but uh yeah so it seems to be seems to be quite good timing yeah it feels like i like the sound of it especially because so i've, I've got a few friends who do pottery one of whom is um, my cousin who went yeah. to uh like a pottery school or ceramic school in copenhagen for a year to do this uh like intensive course on it but it's interesting because 
often with people in those sorts of industries, the slightly more creative industry, they just want to focus on the, the craft, on getting their stuff done. And they don't really want to worry about a business side of it. So it feels like it's quite a nice sort of simple, clean idea in terms of having people who do the creating and then almost being able to have a simple place where they can go to showcase or sell their mm. their work. Um, because I think often yeah. that divide is what kind of gets them unstuck is having to do the business stuff and the creative stuff as well. Yeah, I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head there. There's two key aspects that I kind of knew would be the case anyway, but definitely was what was quite nice in all of my conversations, earlier conversations with the potters that really were confirmed when I was doing it. The first was kind of a nice idea um, before kind of getting to the business side was people don't really know much about, um, you know, potters and how they're made because often, unless you go to one of the big studios, galleries, or like I said, to the department stores where you're just kind of buying things, you might recognize the brand or it's just kind of bought off the shelf and you, you have a lot of stuff in your house. But often the, the, all, the other people are independent, you know, often see the studios are named after them, they're in, you know, just one man, one woman making them kind of on their own. And a lot of people don't quite appreciate perhaps or just don't, you know, get to hear the stories behind it, the inspirations and everything because of the nature of the just, you know, the individual people that don't market themselves a lot or they're just, you know, a lot of them around and they don't sell in the big in the big store. So that's one thing I wanted to tap into and we can go into it a little bit more. Why don't you use the use of kind of stories and videos around that to really give people some insight into how the stuff was made. You know, we might all have rugs and um plates and bowls, but they're everyday use, but a lot of us don't have the kind of I suppose the story behind it. So that's one thing I wanted to tap into. But the second one is exactly what you said. Business wise, you know, it's it's great for them because these are often and quite interesting work of trying to get them set up as profiles on my website. They're often not very tech savvy <laughs> people. Um, you know, they'll be the first so they're they're very kind of creative, incredibly gifted, um, creative people. Perhaps you know, you, you know, a lot of them don't have perhaps the um yeah, the, especially the tech side where their website, for example, um, which you know is, is hard for anyone, and also sometimes you know they're very busy. They spend all their time making. It's not you know, and they have their studio. It's not as easy perhaps for them to find the time to go and, and market themselves out there. So um, it was you know what I was trying to wanted to make it do was kind of make a no brainer for them um, to want to to put on this. So in doing so, I was able to hopefully create somewhere that would be the go to for people who wanted to know about or just buy really amazing um, individually made pieces. But also at the same time, that gives them this platform. You know, if I was if I was was to make it you know, successful or public or I guess publicly known enough, these people have this platform almost, you know, for free in a way, or or this kind of exposure. So those were kind of the two strands definitely I was I was looking to achieve. Yeah, it's really it's really interesting what you say about the the story side of it. I, I hadn't thought about that, but that's a really nice like because I imagine that yeah, for people who just want to buy normal cups and mugs and bowls that they just go to ikea or whatever and that and they're, they're done but for people who want to you know I, I always think about the i, I spent a lot of time at my granny's house when i was a kid and every single item in there had a story and my granny reveled in telling the stories whether it was like a rug that she bought from saudi arabia or some you know random place around the world so but the stories is what made the objects even more interesting so i think that's really cool that you've got that added element of it in there 
Yeah, definitely. And I think it was, It's. I, I guess I first got that idea thinking of kind of a, as a gift sense. I love buying, you know, I think it's big in my family as well, but, you know, in my personal life as well, I love buying gifts and love kind of putting a lot of thought into it. And I just thought, wouldn't it be amazing if you, and, and I wonder, you know, I still want to put more video content, which is kind of coming when I find a bit more of the time, which you go into the detail and the challenge of that. But I thought, wouldn't it be amazing if you could buy some, you know, a loved one or someone close to you, even if it's you know, just, you know, you can't see it, but, you know, inverted commas, just a mug or a bowl. But, you know, you're able to tell, well, this this is someone who made it, this person from Falmouth as a studio. This is the inspiration. This is the video. And I thought that just adds so much of the story to it because I think what's really come out of speaking to these, um, I'm sure it's a lot the same with a lot of creative people or people who make things, is you know, they're such an amazing background to what they do and they put such inspiration into it. Hearing them talk about it is great. It's just something you don't get from things that are just made by the hundreds in, in shops. And so I'd love, I really wanted other people, and that's kind of more of a motivation for me having started speaking to these people. I wanted other people to feel the same that I did in hearing their stories. So, because it just adds so much enjoyment out of your use of things. And, you know, we've got... A small mug here that my girlfriend and I went on on holiday to Crete last summer, and we bought this you know tiny little mug from from there. And we heard a little bit of the the person who made it in this in the tiny store on the island talking about it. And now it's just yeah brings an extra bit of joy out of it when you when you're using it. So mm. I wanted to add that for sure. Mm. So can you tell me a bit about the steps that you took from having that first idea, seeing that sugar bowl? through to sort of where you are now but but even the sort of detail of like what what actually happened so I'm just thinking about for the person listening that has had an idea and in their kitchen or whatever and is like but now what do I do what what were your steps um yeah it's, it's a great question and I think it's just I'm just probably you know when I tell this story it's probably very similar to a lot of people who've started things so the first bit was just the best bit without doubt you know you get the idea you you know I'm very kind of you know in my, in my head I like you know branding it is kind of weirdly you know I notice when Greg's had a rebrand and that sort of thing that sort of thing so I got the idea of the name and like my first thought was kind of registering the domain and registering the business and then like thinking of a logo and a color scheme those are the first things I kind of went to think about and got excited doing that um which was, you know, those are the sort of things I kind of really find interesting and in businesses around. So, and then I kind of, the step after that was, well, obviously the first point was working out whether there was this thing existed and I was quite excited to find out it had. Then I started, you know, I got the name, the logo and kind of those things came very easily to me. And then was, to be perfectly honest, because this isn't something I really um knew much about or what anything whatsoever and now it comes up when i first speak to um potters as they're asking me are you a potter yourself and i you know i was in the start very hesitant to say no because i thought well they think i'm kind of from fraud but in fact they were quite happy often to hear that because it means that i maybe bring more of the business instead of side so a lot of what i had to do it early on was just kind of teach myself a little bit about what's what you know not in a kind of to an expert level but just enough that I obviously felt I could respect the people I'm talking to by knowing a little bit about the trade and the industry so that was kind of going alongside researching um potential potters um because I was very sure and I still am that I don't want to just bombard 
the website with because again just to kind of sorry to go back a step a little i mentioned kind of the big department stores who do kind of a lot of um, ceramics and things but the kind of other end of that is your websites like etsy um since it's not in the high street they're just kind of almost it's another marketplace but definitely do a lot of other stuff but it's just full you know anyone from there you know anyone who wants to sell something can sell on there and there you get a real range of quality and you know you know i wanted to make something that was really you know you went there you knew it was good quality stuff so that was part of my initial stuff was finding out who i wanted to be on my website um then of course that was kind of all going on in parallel. So there's a lot of strands to this. But then, of course, the actual thinking of, of how do I build a website? <laughs> um, you know, initially, I, you know, it was a learning curve for me um, in a number of ways. I'm sure a lot of people can do it is, is the cost it takes to um, do a lot of these things. And I thought, well, I'll get someone to design my website. Um, later on, I thought I'll get someone to, a videographer to do the videos and everything. But suddenly you're, your charge or your kind of quoted into the kind of tens of thousands for these sort of things and that you know i had this idea but it wasn't something you know i i was willing to kind of invest that much money in sort of such an early from an early stage because you know in my head as soon as you do that then it's all about making that money back as possible making money um and i didn't want that kind of pressure on this idea i wanted to keep it fairly kind of i suppose innocent and, and natural in the way it built so a big stage then was basically teaching myself how to build uh, an online marketplace website and that was something that lasted months so that's what i meant almost the honeymoon stage was the the nice bit the logo they're trying to find people and then the hardest bit was still kind of ongoing was was building that website um because you know i i perhaps thought you know, the way i wanted to do it was have people have their own these potters have their own profiles on the website where they can upload and you know modify things and that just adds an extra bit of complexity to the um to the building of the website it's not something you can just kind of do on i'm sure if anyone listens to podcast you'll heard squarespace and things like that which is where i looked first so that just immediately became impossible so that was then which became the real slog and we're rambling on at the moment but that's kind of where things got in the first time things got really difficult and continued to be was was that process yeah I, I think that is probably the uh, it's interesting what you said about the having that initial inspiration and uh and getting excited i can't remember who it was but somebody said oh it was uh, naval ravikant who's a tech entrepreneur said something about when when you get inspiration act on it and keep doing the things that keep you excited because then like you said soon that honeymoon phase is is over and uh and you get into the the grind how how do you find balancing having a full-time job with also trying to to set this up as well um it's a yeah very good question currently because it's probably not not well is the answer if you'd ask me right now but where I was lucky, um, and I guess it was kind of the fact that I, yes, I had a full-time job you know, during you know, most of 2020, but because of the nature of things, it was um, very, very quiet. So um, I was able to kind of fit. So initially, when I, the, the almost the hardest part that required a lot of the hours was the time where I was the quietest. So um i was able to kind of whenever i had spare time just work on it so i didn't find that difficult at all and actually 
based on what I said earlier of me not necessarily feeling inspired, it was amazing to have things that kind of got me something that got me out of bed um, in the day and the you know, purpose of my day doing something I really enjoyed. And also at that point, you know, you still have these grand ideas about um, the business. I should have said that at the start as well as part of the honeymoon period. Is naturally, I'm sure we all as dreamers do imagine you're you know, going to be the next Facebook or all this sort of things. And you know, but that stuff was exciting still at the time. Um, and then as my job start, started getting busier, then it was about fitting it around, you know, evenings and, and weekends. But then I was really getting close to, to launching, which was super exciting. And that really motivated me to keep going, which I did just for Christmas. That was awesome. Uh, where it became difficult was, and yeah, interesting in terms of the information, in, inspiration, sorry. It's like, I was, I surprised myself, you know, like I said, initially thought this is going to be, X many million dollar business and I'm going to have this many orders and stuff. What I was really surprised by, as soon as I'd launched it just before Christmas, I felt such a sense of achievement and I was really chuffed with myself and almost what surprised myself, you know, what surprised me was after that, it kind of felt like a little bit of a sense of that motivation had gone a little bit. Um, Still, still there, but I, I thought that you know, now because I think what the next step would be, I could a soft launch with a handful of of sellers on site. Um, but what became difficult then was as life started getting busier, was also exactly the stage where more almost like starting from scratch again. Now you launch, now you almost have to relaunch it. You have to market it because I'd only marketed to friends and family and you know my Facebook and still got a few orders in for Christmas and everything, which is awesome. And but. The next stage is a real growth period of finding more potters, um, you know, marketing it, getting the video content up and that. And that basically coincided with my life started getting a lot busier, both kind of from personal um, aspects, a lot that was going on. And then I started a, a new day job, which, um, and obviously I was interviewing for, for that as well. So it all kind of ramped up. So it's probably taken, I'm probably not getting any balance of it now because I've kind of prioritized what I'm getting paid for and, and it'd be interesting to hear from your perspective and you speaking to a lot of other people in situations it's difficult because you all hear all about these things about you know it's oh, entrepreneurs finding time outside of your work or to fit it around but obviously a you feel like a duty when you're getting paid a salary and you have active job to kind of do that and also it's just finding the energy to do it um which i have been finding difficult but i think now that things are calming down a little bit now i'm onboarding my new job i can i can find the time but it's definitely one of the challenges you know to expose to anyone that's out there in, in terms of starting something on your own i think you and i have spoken about this in the past it's just you you know in your own and that's why it's difficult if you don't do anything if you've got a busy week at work and a busy weekend whatever suddenly a few weeks have gone by and nothing nothing's been done so perhaps you know, as I continue this, so if there's the next business idea, it'd be great to do with some friends or some other people because it means that, you know, you can work it through together and pick up things at different times. But, um, yeah, a very personal question and something that, you know, I'm hoping now kind of towards the second half of this year that things can start ramping up again. But it is yeah. very difficult to fit I, it around it. I think you're right. I think it is a hard balance. And inevitably, real life will get in the way and the things that uh, pay you will get in the way. I've also found similar with when you're on your own trying to refine that motivation. I actually, I feel exactly the same in, in the sense that I think when you're first setting up a sort of new venture, you're 
excitement levels and um, sort of excitement milestones can happen quite quickly because you know I I am uh, I'm addicted to buying domain names. That's my guilty pleasure. <laughs> I have an idea, great, I've got to get it, and then I've got probably like thirty domain names that I have never touched. Uh, yeah. Just wasting away, just <laughs> wasting. Your net worth is all in dom- domain yeah, names. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. one, one day I'll just have to sell them or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you get those quick wins and quite quick excitement milestones when yeah you get the website done or you get a sort of logo done that kind of thing but then i feel like as you go along they get further and further apart which inevitably Mm. means that you need more motivation to get to that next milestone you know getting that like customer number one and number two is a really great milestone but then getting customer number like 20 and number 50 feels like and i think from my previous experience what then happens is you, you almost end up with a sort of lull and then things will pick back up again. You'll get, you'll find yeah. and each business is different, but you get a sort of tipping point where you get the excitement, all your friends, family are excited about it. You get some orders. It's great. Then you get a lull and it's a real slog and then you get to yeah. a tipping point and whether that's like a thousand customers or 5,000 customers or whatever it is, but there's something where for your business, suddenly it becomes a lot easier because there's recognition and you know, you're, you're sort of known in the, in the sector that you're in or whatever. But it is definitely a hard one, especially balancing with a, with a full-time job as well. Yeah, and, and it's also just taught me a lot in terms of, you know, this isn't, you know, it's not VC-backed, it's not, you know, finance or anything. It's like, it's a combination of, you're right, you know, all the things, first of all, the first phone call I had, I remember being so nervous with the bottom, like, almost unanimously the idea was well received, um, which was just so, such a great feeling to have an idea kind of, you know, validated. Um, and then obviously all, all the other stuff and, and launching it. And so that was kind of such a sense of achievement. Then uh, I guess the next realization was, okay, what does it take? What's going to take me to grow this and to actually want want to do that? And, and definitely is there, but it's a really kind of made, made myself think and, and I'm surprised because equally it's the sense of what else is required from a kind of, I guess, financial perspective to some degree as well. And what you actually want it to be, it really, you know, it really makes you think realistically about it. And, you know, when it comes to things like um, marketing and adding more video content, you know, it does require more financial investment. So it's um, it's definitely a part of that. But I think one, you know, if I was to give any advice to myself or, you know, anyone kind of in the same position, I think it's just something I learned also, obviously another, you know, I'm just such a tick, tick box of lockdown bonus, bonus game. But I also started learning Italian. I tried to start learning Italian in lockdown, and that a lot of parallels I found with with that. With particularly the building the website part, you can just feel incredibly overwhelmed, incredibly, you know, frustrating. I'm not, I can have a techie much, you know, I was kind of trying to build this on my own. There's days when you think it's just so helpless. But the overwhelming thing that I found is true, which I probably haven't been keeping to a lot recently, is just to keep turning up, keep doing something regularly. I think that was that would be like my best advice because slowly those things just piece together and you end up with some sense of finished product or some something to write. So I think what's easy is when you're feeling overwhelmed to just, I can't do anything. You know, I'm busy on Saturday or I'm busy this week and I can't do anything. Whereas in fact, if you just give yourself an hour on Sunday, you know, do something, then, you know, it starts building up, um, which I think is, is definitely something I can, I can do more definitely than I've learned. But that's what, you know, it's been incredible. If there's nothing else comes in it is, which I hope, isn't the case, but it's just been an incredible learning process of doing something on your own. Um, 
and I think I can definitely see how you know the stories of entrepreneurs are very rarely someone has an idea and then that is their first idea they build and they sell it for a billion whatever it is it's often you know serial entrepreneurs I think sometimes can be thrown around as a bit of a derogatory term for people who just keep jumping from one thing to another but I can definitely see the value of this has been quite tough starting something but undoubtedly if you you know you start something else you just learn a lot more so um, I'm trying to see that bigger picture perspective rather than sometimes if I had a week where I've not done anything just beat myself up about and think oh I'm, you're a failure or this and that and trying to think well every small thing I do is is, is building towards it um yeah, anyway. I, I think that's a really, a really good point. I think that consistency is such a key element of it. And it, there are almost sort of parallels with like, with like going to the gym is that you, you it is a muscle. I, I believe that, you know, sort of entrepreneurialism or, or that kind of work is a muscle that you get better at and better at. And you're learning again how to like discipline yourself. And someone said the other day, I came back from the gym and I said that I hadn't had a very good workout. And he said, it was better than the workout you didn't do. And I think that probably applies to, you know, even sitting down and doing, yeah, 20 minutes when you can't be bothered, it's better than doing nothing. And it, it's interesting what you said about, yeah, beating yourself up. I think a lot of people in, in your situation uh, do the same thing because in our culture, and especially once you start thinking about and looking at startups, you you inevitably look at the uh, the headlines the 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 big successful you know amazing startups self like the unicorn sell for a billion pounds what you don't see is the vast majority of people who like you you know we, we you have to go through and build that muscle and it might not be this idea that sells for a billion pounds it might have it might be a, your 15th idea but you, but you've got to get there and you've got to build that muscle you know and i think that's the sort of journey so it's interesting to hear you say that yeah, and also, you know, it's almost like, you know, which is kind of counterintuitive in a way, it's almost like maybe dropping the desire to get to the billion pound state and just think of, you almost don't know where you're going to be, you know, what's going to be success for you in the future and stuff, you know, similarly to the to the gym analogy of, of rather than thinking, oh, um, I don't know, I've only went to the gym once this week, that means I'm less likely to have a six pack, or whatever. Just thinking that, you know, every time I have gone to the gym, it's mean my health is better, my you know, I've got more endorphins, I've probably worked better that day, all these sort of things. Instead of thinking of this kind of transactional thing almost, I think that's probably where I kind of get into it. And I think that's where a lot of maybe natural entrepreneurs have that where they don't you know, don't beat themselves up if they haven't done something, they don't see it all as kind of this positive, fantastic learning experience. So I think that's something I I can definitely learn a little bit more from because, you know, it goes back to it. And instead of thinking, oh, I haven't had this this week, I think, you know, everything I do do is more of an experience. And I think it's a definitely a mindset shift away from, you know, being salaried, having a manager and all that sort of thing. And, you know, like I said, it's probably not my natural way of thinking, but you can definitely consciously, to, you know, change change these kind of mindset points so even if this is not me on my journey to selling one business for a billion pounds like undoubtedly there's going to be something in the future where this experience has, has benefited me so kind of that's where i'm trying to shift my mind a little bit more and be a bit more uh compassionate with myself i guess yeah yeah exactly and you sort of i think you're right that mindset shift means that you're doing it for a different reason which probably gives you more motivation because if it's practice, then you know that you need to practice it rather than hoping. And, you know, obviously you have like a long term goal in mind when you're looking at this, doing this sort of thing. But each sort of day you turn up, 
if you see it as practice rather than like, oh, this has got to get me to X goal. Because otherwise, if you don't get there, then suddenly you stop and you lose the motivation. So it's like just that that consistency. I think, yeah, you're right. Yeah, and it um, definitely drove some of my decision making as well, which through the help of and I'm claiming all these ideas as my own. Definitely, uh, my girlfriend Frankie had a a lot of wisdom behind a lot of decisions I was making. But you know, when it came to you know, and I think sometimes it's probably the benefit of doing your first few goes without a lot of funding, uh, obviously, because it makes you make different decisions. I think, you know, I would have probably just thrown money at um, a website. And um, when it came to videos, which I've, you know, I've got one done now, I need to make a few more. I had a friend, or well, a guy I used to play rugby with, who was now a videographer, and I thought I was going to get mate rates. And turns out it's you know, going to be a thousand pounds per video and these are three minute videos you know if i'm hoping to get 20 potters on site you know you do the maths and it suddenly starts becoming kind of prohibitive um and because i thought you know even if you could afford those kind of fees you know ten thousand for a website and you know at least five thousand up front for five videos all of a sudden your business has to be geared towards you know making money and obviously there's a lot of loss-making startups out there but that's not something you know i had the luxury of doing and that shift would have probably been too much and it would have killed the fun of it killed the idea straight away because you drive things differently whereas because i then took a different approach with the videos and self-filming it and maybe keeping that raw element and building the website and which gave me those skills and that experience it suddenly made it all about the journey a lot more which definitely helped um so even that you know as as a future thing about deciding what kind of business you want to be doing and it's yeah, it's, it was definitely a learning thing, but I was kind of had that privilege, I guess, um, of being able to do it. But there's a lot, of, as you can, you know, probably hearing from all these ramblings, a lot of pros and cons about how I went about it and how you know, there's obviously if you've got this idea that you know it's going to be a blockbuster, you you know, all you need, you know, all you need is funding and you get, you know, initial seed funding or whatever it might be. I'm not saying that no, but obviously the the pro to how I did it, you know, you have to be a bit more creative in doing it. So what what's the long-term vision where do you hope to be in sort of a year and five years and the I've got two sort of follow-up questions what are what's the thing that would absolutely supercharge the business but equally what do you think are the things that might come up that will be blockers for the business good question I think five years is probably something I haven't you know even thought of I think it's such a kind of early stage I don't really know that's where I'd want to be. I think it slightly depends on, on how things go. I definitely, you know, and want to pick things back up then. And I, the, definitely the first stage for me now is build out, you know, it's almost like chicken or the egg. It's about, mar- obviously, marketing it more broadly than I have. Um, but in doing so, I wanted to have more than the initial four or five potters I had inside just to want to make it feel like a, you know, more established place if, if you come to. Um but so I haven't kind of but the nature of this is the one difficulty in the line of uh, craft that I've chosen is that as much as I want these amazing individual people, if they're good, that means they're probably super busy as it is. And there's not like this five of them. So a lot of people I started speaking to early, earlier this year are kind of busy with other projects and stuff. So it's just kind of slowly building them, putting that effort in to do that. Um, but I'm hoping, you know, if those, get a few more potters on, put that video content out there, which I really feel passionate about doing um, and marketing it. You know, my hope is that, you know, it'll never get to the stage, but to get it um, 
functioning enough that I can almost let it kind of do its thing and not worry too much about the kind of the day-to-day running and it's still steady stream which it kind of was doing just before Christmas of, of orders coming in because I'd like to think and I know this is kind of wishful thinking but I put almost a lot of the hard work in early doors of building the website and once you've got that template and obviously you don't want to be complacent but a lot of it will hopefully tick over and take care of itself once you get into a stream so that would be kind of be my year year goal um obviously you know if you allow yourself to dream every belief it could be you know a really successful concept of an idea you know if you start if i start you know maybe that's when you would look for funding if you wanted to advertise on the very pottery throwdown you know that would suddenly bring a huge stream of people in and if i had the website thinking how it would be with the right tone of voice the right feel though people who there's a certain audience out there that would absolutely love the website and so I know there's an idea there and then thinking broadly, you know, make a success out of that. You then start moving into other kind of, you know, almost replicate the um, the model into other crafts or other arts, art forms and things like that. But that is wishful thinking. And I don't want to, you know, bite off more than I can chew. I think the biggest blocker for me, apart from, you know, think for more of a kind of, competitive perspective um is just time you know i think it's, it is just me at the moment and one is picking up that motivation again to really take it to it sounds, sounds horribly cliche the next level but um it's also you know i i say very um i suppose ambitiously that you can let it start ticking over but um, it's probably equally as true that if you get to that stage then more things come up and you've got to you know, they'll take more of your time. So it's perhaps, if there ever was a point where I'd have to say, well, this is a full-time job now, then having to make that decision. So that's probably the kind of more of the short-term block because I'm quite clear in my head as to what's kind of required. It's just putting it into practice um, and finding the time to do it. Mm. So, okay, what? Um, where can people find you? Where where, where can they go to have a look? Um, so it's uh, on potterscorner.com. It's not the potterscorner, it's potterscorner.com. Um, find you on potter's corner on instagram um and that's kind of where we're doing like this we've got a facebook page as well but i'm not really sure how many uh, people actually go on facebook these days so those are probably the best but you can definitely still there's some amazing stuff on there definitely have a look um have a look straight away particularly for finding gifts or anything like that so we've got they're really popular over christmas um and hopefully if you keep going in over the next few weeks and months we'll start seeing more more of us around but definitely give us a follow on on instagram for sure Great. Well, thanks, Stefan, and uh, all the best. Thanks a lot, Alex. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, and do check out The Potter's Corner. The website is www.potterscorner.com or check out Potter's Corner on Instagram, and I'll see you next time.